Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Well, I had the opportunity recently to talk with Will Graham of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He is a grandson of Billy Graham and the son of Franklin Graham. He released an online Christmas special and spoke with me about it. You will be hearing from him ahead. And from Valleydale Church in Birmingham, Alabama, Mac Brunson visited with me just before Christmas to discuss the availability of God's wisdom during the difficult seasons of life. His comments are ahead. And on this edition of The Intersection, Peter Demas is known not only for his involvement in restaurants, but as a Christian communicator. He wrote an opinion piece recently addressing the validity of the simple yet powerful greeting, Merry Christmas, and how the declaration of our faith can bring hope to a chaotic world. Finally, you'll meet Timothy Gagno, who uses his talents as an artist, a painter, to bring glory to God, having been involved in an illustrated Bible project. You will learn more about that endeavor ahead. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Will Graham is the Executive Vice President of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He and I had a conversation several weeks ago about this year's online Christmas special called Joy to the World, Christmas with Will Graham, filmed at the Cove in North Carolina. He discussed the premise of his message, which is centered around the knowledge of the peace of God through the Prince of Peace, our Lord Jesus Christ. Here now is Will Graham. Unto us a child is born. You know, that's our humanity. But then it said, unto us a son is given. Not a son is born, but a son is given. And this talks about the the um, this talks about his deity that he's always been God. That this, this 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 boy, this one that's going to be born, he's always existed, and it was God giving us His Son. That's why it says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He what gave His only begotten Son. And so unto us a son is given, and this is God giving His Son to the world. He was born as a human, but yet fully divine. Um, he doesn't have a beginning or an end as a God. He does not. And so I want to talk about that. And then I want to talk about the chaos that the world's in and how God brings, he brings a st- a stability into this chaos. And, he, and so many people's lives are in chaos right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, Christmas is just chaotic. And it could be a good chaos for some people, but for a lot of people, it's just, it's a bad chaos. And, their life's upside down. Things aren't going right. Marriages are falling apart. Um, health problems, whatever it might be. And there's so much chaos. And I'm here to tell that God can speak speak into that chaos and bring peace through it. And so he's the only one that can do that. And so I just want to point people to Jesus, the God who takes chaos and brings it into submission. And so... I think that's what we can see in the world today. There's a lot of chaos on, you know, whether it's sexual identity, whether it's uh, politics, uh, whether it's morality, whatever it is, there's a lot of chaos, misunderstandings. Uh, people are confused. God brings order in all that. And um, God can bring order in our life, in our chaos. God can bring order into it. And that's what I want people to know this Christmas. Well, what an incredible contrast, because we see that the ways of the world, the ways of the enemy, really have produced a chaotic world. 
it's a fallen world. We even have to, we can go all the way back to the garden and we can see this fallen world in which we live. The ways of this world do not provide the satisfaction. And I, I believe these days in all of this chaos that people are really looking for that peace, as the Bible says, the peace that passes all understanding. Jesus is referred to there in Isaiah 9 as the Prince of Peace. And so if people are thinking that, well, that things just aren't working for them, and this, this fascination, this embracing of godliness, it's not bringing the satisfaction that people are really seeking deep down. And so when you think about this message resonating online with people as they watch Joy to the World Christmas with Will Graham, it really is a distinct contrast. And you are offering an incredible sense of hope to people. Because if things are not there, well, their lives aren't working, then that makes them, I believe, sensitive to something that can. And God can bring that peace and order into their lives. He can. And, and you just hit on something that's very important to understand. Because it says, you know, that God is a wonderful counselor, right? Mm -hmm. He gives us good advice, but we have to follow the advice. And uh, one of the things that it says is that when we follow the advice, you know, that we, we can be blessed. But it says that the next thing it said after wonderful counselor, it said mighty God. And he has where human wisdom can be good at times. Uh, there can be good human wisdom. When human wisdom, if someone gives you some good human wisdom, um, like like a like a parent saying, "Don't run out in the middle of the road; <laughs> you might get yeah. run over." All yeah. right, that's good wisdom. All right, human wisdom. Um, but they do not have the power to bring that about in your life. Where God is the mighty God, He's the one that takes uh, out of chaos. He brings order. He has the power to accomplish what He tells you to do. That's that's mm. where. Human wisdom lacks the power. God's wisdom has the power. And I think that's one of the neat things about it. Human wisdom can only go so far. It lacks the power. But the mighty God, his counsel, he, give, he equips his counsel to bring mighty power in your life. And so that's the one thing I love about that. It's that God is the one that's at work. God is the one that's making changes. It's God that has the power to bring that chaos into submission. And not our human wisdom, because it lacks the power, but God does not lack power. Mm. And that's what I love about that verse. Will Graham here on The Intersection. The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association website is billygraham.org. Next up, it's senior pastor of Valleydale Church in Birmingham, Alabama, Mac Brunson. In a Meeting House conversation, he shared about the background of and principles contained in his book, God is For You, Learning to Trust God's Wisdom Through Life's Crises. Here now from that conversation is Mac Brunson. One of the first things that I learned in the midst of this, my wife one morning came up to my study. I had a study at home upstairs, and she had a Bible in her hand, and she said, God's just given me this verse, and this is our verse, and this is for us. And it was Exodus fourteen fourteen. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Now, I interpreted that the Lord will fight for you while you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and so that was, that, listen, that's golden right there. That's just wisdom all over the place. How many times does Solomon come and tell us in Proverbs that, you know, you know, angry words just stir up strife. The better thing to do is just be quiet. 
So that was really the first thing that I latched on to was just to sit, be quiet, and listen for God. And uh, I asked the Lord, I said, you know, Lord, take me to a passage, take me to something and teach me what you are trying to do in my life. Tell me what I've done that's wrong so I can quickly repent of it and make sure I never do that again. And so he took me to um, Psalm 118, and I'll just kind of get down to the meat of it, where it says that the, that uh, from my distress I called upon the Lord, the Lord answered me, and he set me in a large place. Now, there are two things in that passage. Distress is like being in a room. I'm old enough, I remember the wild, wild west. And uh, I remember James West being in a room where the walls started moving in on him to crush him. So you're being squeezed is what it means. And then the Lord answers me out of that, and he puts me in a large place. Well, that means he puts me in a place where there's plenty of space. Nothing is closing in on me. I'm not choking to get breath. He puts me in a place where I can just kind of go, you know, I can breathe now. And then immediately after that, he tells the psalmist this, the Lord is for me. God cares for me. He's for me. He's not against me. Um, He may be, you know, maybe something I've done was wrong, but he's not against me personally. In fact, he's for me. God cares for you. God is for you. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of the concept. That's that's the principle that I latched onto there, and um, started the book from that point. What have you found to be some of the, as we might say, some of the mistakes or errors that we might make in response to these troubling times that we may encounter? Well, one of the things is just grabbing on this stuff like it's ours. Um, you know, like we own it, it's mine, um, and, and not trusting God with those things. Um, and you're exactly right. We, You would think that a pastor, a guy who'd pastored First Dallas and a guy who was at First Jacks, would at that point understand these things. And I do in my head, but your heart is a whole, your flesh is an entirely different thing. And when something threatens you, you just clamp down on it. You you know, um, I've got 16 grandchildren. And the funny thing is every one of these grandchildren, when they were little, you know, they'd get a hold of something and you were trying to get it out of their hands. And the harder you tried to get it out, the tighter. And, you know, when you think of a little child, you have to peel back one finger at the time to get whatever it is out of their hand. Well, that's kind of what God was doing with me. He was just having to peel back my fingers one at the time to get ministry. This is not my ministry. This is God's ministry uh, that he's called me into. This is not my church. This is God's church. I certainly didn't die for it. He did. And, you know, even down to your own name, worrying what people are going to say about your name, your reputation, things like that. And God just very clearly one day told me or spoke to me or just impressed on my heart, why don't you worry about my name 
and I'll take care of yours. Mac Brunson here on The Intersection. You can learn more through inviteresources.com. The church's website is valleydale.org. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on The Intersection Podcast and The Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcast feed. And there's a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel through which you can watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming menu at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app at a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. The president and CEO of Demas Brands and Demas Family Kitchen, Peter Demas, joined me before Christmas on the Meeting House program. He is the author of On the Duty of Christian Civil Disobedience, and in our conversation, he shared comments related to a Newsmax.com op-ed piece entitled, Toss the Happy Holidays Umbrella, It's Still Christmas. From that conversation, here now is Peter Demas. Several years in a row, I, you know, I've had, I would send something to our, our employees saying, by the way, this is why we say Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. And, you know, and I was just like, you know, so, so don't feel compelled because everyone's like, what are we supposed to say? Are we supposed to say this? I don't want to offend anybody. And I'd hear all the reasons. Don't want to offend anybody who's not a Christian. You know, there's other religious holidays during this time. There's, you know, there's all these holidays that occur at the same time. And there's all this, I kept hearing all this stuff and, and it kept bugging me, but I couldn't figure out why it was bugging me. And then finally I, it, it, it hit me um, because again, they're taking away one of the, the, the biggest event, the foundation of Christianity which is the, the the birth of the birth of Jesus and and then and obviously we have the Easter the resurrection of Jesus but those are the two critical components of of Christianity because Jesus had to have been born in order to be in order to fulfill prophecy so if you can eliminate Christ out of it and make it a or and make it and turn it into a pagan holiday well then it, it then it then it loses its meaning and again it starts to slowly chip away at it. And then I saw, I'm like, okay, well, all right, there is other holidays, and I don't want to offend my Jewish friends, and I don't, you know, all this other stuff. And then it hit me, wait a second, we we don't say happy holidays before Thanksgiving. We start after, we say happy Thanksgiving. And we don't say happy holidays after Christmas. We, 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 we stop then. Mm. We still say happy New Year's. So Christmas is the only holiday where you try to eliminate what the holiday is. You know, and then I was like, well... What about the other holidays there? So I looked up Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah sometimes ends after Christmas. Sometimes it ends before Christmas. But if we're really that want to be that inclusive, why do we say Happy New Year? Because the Jewish New Year is on a completely separate day. There's Chinese New Year, which is on a separate day. So I was like, well, what about the number of holidays? Well, there's more religious holidays in the month of March than there is in the month of December. Why don't we say Happy Holidays during that time? 
And, and so as I started to kind of chip away at what the reasons I was getting, I was like, wow, this is an attack on Christmas. This is not, this is an attack on Christ. It mm -hmm. is not to be inclusive and kind and nice. It, the, the logic just doesn't hold up. Mm. And so as you began to really formulate this, and these are wonderful points, because if you think about this logically, again, people say happy holidays. And yes, while there are multiple holidays during this season, this is not exclusive season where you have holidays and you have other days that you actually call by name. Nevertheless, it seems like Christmas is something that becomes something that be, uh, it becomes I guess to a certain extent, something that people don't want to necessarily say because they want to offend someone. You contend that should not be our point of view. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because because uh, someone responded to me on the Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, and they're like, "But your company, you know, sometimes companies require you to say it." Well, this goes exactly to the point we we're talking about earlier with our duty of Christian civil disobedience. That's one of those times you have to engage in saying, no, I can't say happy holidays. I need to say Merry Christmas. And I recognize that you might terminate me for saying Merry Christmas. So, you know what? And maybe you can't do it this year, but next year you better be prepared. And you better save up that money so that you can lose your job for a couple of weeks because I'm going to say Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays, and I'm just going to stand up for it. And incidentally, you terminate me for taking a stand on my religious faith. I have the right in the United States at this stage to be able to, I got religious freedoms and religious protections in this, in this country at this stage. So you're very well protected. It's very well founded that you're able to do this. So it's not a matter of the fact that they can't force you to say something else. And that's the other thing too. It's not like it's not like Christmas is hate speech. So mm -hmm. we ought to be able to just to say Merry Christmas and be able to stand up and let people see that Christianity is normal, that it's because it's it's a it's true. It's the only true religion out there. So if it's true, why aren't we allowed to say what is true and what is not true? And the only reason why is because people want to promote a lie. Well, I'm just not into that right now. And so and, and I think <laughs> as long as everyone else recognizes that 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 we can talk about it as true and not weirdly super spiritual or angry and and all other stuff and just and just say Merry Christmas. It's just one little way that we can help start to stitch back, you know, part of the Christianity into our faith and and into our culture and possibly begin the process of saving our culture from there. Peter Demas here on the intersection. You can connect with him through Peter Demas D E M O S dot org. You can find a link to the Newsmax.com opinion piece through the show notes at meetinghouseonline.info or through faithradio.org. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection, it's the founder of Gagno Atelier, Tim Gagno, who shared his desire to share visual art with biblical truth. He related information about the Illuminated Messiah Bible. He's the artist behind that Bible presentation. Here now from that conversation is Tim Gagno. The Illuminated Messiah Bible, this is my magnum opus. This is, mm. this is my Sistine Chapel because um, I'm exhausted now. Because <laughs> I, I spent five years painting this stuff. And it's a very laborious process. An illumination is a very ancient uh, art style uh, that is from the Middle Ages. And it incorporates gold leaf, calligraphy, and artwork. 
narrative artwork um, to basically make a beautiful Bible. It's to exalt the Word of God through beauty, to make it just as beautiful as possible. Um, so what I did is I created 66 original Messianic portraits, Jesus in every book of the Bible. And uh, so it's, it's all the Old Testament uh, prophetic scriptures about the Messiah, about the Christ, and then in the New Testament, where those prophecies are fulfilled in Christ. So I took all of those paintings, and I, and I, I took all of those passages, rather, and I created the, the, these beautiful paintings um, to explain this is who Jesus is. Jesus is our Messiah. Our promised Messiah has come, and his name is Jesus. And so I'm lifting up the name of Jesus, and I'm pointing a big finger saying, this is our God come in human flesh to save us all. And I'm using artwork to illustrate that. Um, and so in addition to all of those uh, paintings, those 66 paintings, they stand alone as individual paintings, but they also combine together like a jigsaw puzzle. And they form, uh, the, the paintings are eight by 10 inches. Um, and they combine together and they form a 12 and a half foot cross. And when you see that cross, you no longer see the individual paintings. You see what is called a polyptych image of the crucified Christ. So you're looking at a 12 foot cross. You literally see a hidden portrait of Jesus on the cross. And I did that because all of these passages point to the cross. They're all pointing to Jesus saving us by dying on the cross. And so I wanted them all to combine together and do that. It's, it's a stunning piece to see the, to see the 12 foot cross uh, and to stand in front of it. it. It's truly, truly a breathtaking uh, work of art. And uh, that's the big hook at the end. But uh, this Bible has all the 66 uh, paintings in it. It also has uh, commentaries uh, explaining the theology behind every brushstroke, why I painted what I did, uh, what that passage means, um, and how it relates to us today. Uh, and then it also comes with a poster of that uh, giant uh, cross. Wow. And so it's a, it's a beautiful Bible. Uh, it's actually only the third illuminated manuscript Bible that's been created since the printing press was invented in 1440. So over 750 years. Um, there's only been two other illuminated manuscript Bibles since then. So how much of the actual text of the scriptures is found here in the illuminated Messiah Bible? Uh, there's quite a bit. You know, some passages, it's just one verse. And then some of the paintings have like 12 or 13 verses. Um, I wanted to make sure that each Messianic passage had a little bit of context to it. So yeah. in Genesis, it's just Genesis 3.15, which is very quick and to the point, and you get it. Um, you know, other passages are, are a little bit longer, and they, they take several verses. So, you know, like, for instance, 1 Corinthians, it's verses, it's chapter 15, verses 20 and 23. Um, and then I'll go to another one, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it's verses 16 and 17. Uh, some are just one verse, like Titus, it's 2.13. Um, and then when you go into others, it's very lengthy. Like in Revelation, it, it's a big, big chunk of, um, as I turn to that page, uh, the, the, the one in Revelation is very, very long. Uh, let's see. It's, um, 
Revelation 19, 11 through 16. So there, there's a lot of verses in there. And so that, that was important that I got to give you a good context of the, the full Messianic passages that are there. Tim Gagno here on The Intersection. You can find out more at illuminatedmessiah.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast. You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests on the Faith Radio YouTube channel. There is a link provided through the Meeting House homepage. Also, there are links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can access the homepage through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.